0: When we look at the story of Gideon. Uh, we can think about uh, how he marched around the city, and you know what happened? Jericho fell down flat uh, because they 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 crashed the uh, pots and blew the trumpets, and they yelled out the sword of the Lord in Gideon. And even though they might have been outnumbered, they had God that empowered them as a military force. And by the way, uh, when they used uh, pots and trumpets, uh, I think that was kind of an interesting thing that scared the armies away. And uh, God told them to do that kind of a, a operation. He gave them the instructions in which to do so. But the most important thing here was they honored the Lord their God. Well, today we're going to be talking about acts of valor in military service. And I believe this is important when we think about Gideon and his army. Uh, just briefly, what is Veterans Day all about? Well, Veterans Day was originally known as what we called Armistice Day. And it is a official public holiday of our country. It always falls on November 11th. And that honors military veterans. That is the persons who have served in the United States Armed Forces. Now, this also is, again, what we call Armistice Day or Remembrance Day. And this all ended or began at the end of World War One. And, of course, uh, wh- where do we get... Uh, November 11, we call it 11-11 that we come to. Well, this is an interesting thought here as I read this. Uh, we we know that as, uh, at the end of World War One. all of these uh, celebrations were formed at the uh, end of the World War One at the 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. And isn't that interesting? 11th hour, 11th day of the month, And uh, the 11th uh, month of the year in 1918, which gives us that Armistice Day, which we know now to be Veterans Day. And again, all of this comes down to celebrating and thanking our veterans for the service that they've given for the freedoms that you and I have in this country. And don't forget to thank a veteran, you know, as a matter of fact, tomorrow or Sunday is what we celebrate Veterans Day. Now, I want to read to you the story of Gideon a little bit here um, in chapter 6 of Judges, because I think this really uh, spells out what a veteran is all about, what people who serve in our country is all about. And chapter 6 of Judges, and I'm going to pick it up in the 11th verse, where it talks about how Gideon was called to go into his service. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah which belonged to Joash the Abizirite, which his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, this is the interesting part of this because Gideon is approached by the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. And I want you to know that is none other than the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus appears to Gideon in this form called the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Do not the Lord, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said to him, Go in this your uh, this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And then he said to him, O oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man." Now, the Midianites, and of course, when we look at these texts of Scripture, uh, were pretty evil folks. Uh, The Amalekites and the Midianites were enemies of Israel. And they would go in there and steal everything they had. They would uh, tear up the towns and all this kind of thing. And it was time that God would set up an army that would defeat the Midianites and the, the Amalekites. And a very interesting story here, how Gideon is called out of his work as being a, you know, thresher of wheat. And when he went, he said, wait a minute, I can't do this. I'm not qualified, number one, I'm and I'm weak. Oh, how in the world am I going to do this? Well, the Lord said, I'm going to prepare you, and I'm going to give you the strength in which to do the task that I've called you to do. I remember back when I was a young man, and uh, I received my draft notice in the mail, and And if you've ever, were back in that time, you remember you get a letter from Uncle Sam and it says, uh, greetings. (laughs) Well, I I always laugh about that greeting letter because it said, in just a few short weeks, you're going to report to Fort Jackson or wherever you're going to go. And uh, you're going to serve your country in the United States military. Well, at that time I received the letter. I'd already gone through some processes of uh, going to Miami and uh, going through my Preliminaries of going into the military. And what's interesting about that is I was about two weeks away from going into the Army, in which my brothers, bless their hearts, I, they're heroes. They've served our country. They were both Army guys. And, and then I got a call from the Air Force recruiter. And the Air Force recruiter says, Come down here. I want to talk to you about serving your country. And uh, so, anyway, when I went there and we had this long discussion about how I could bring my tennis racket to uh, boot camp. Right. Uh, You know, (laughs) anyway, he was joking. And, uh, but he, uh, he said, listen, you're going to serve your country. I would like you to go into the United States air force. Well, I chose the air force over the army. I took four years over two years, but I want to tell you something. It was the best one of some of the best years of my life that I spent in military service because I began to appreciate what my country was all about. And, being free in this country because of people who serve and defend not only the Constitution of the United States of America, but the freedoms of all Americans to be in this country to say and do what they want to do to a degree. But I looked at that, and I thought to myself, as I looked around at people all around me, that there were things here that would be instilled in the life of an individual that later on would become a veteran of military service. Now, I call these acts of valor. Now, what is an act? You know, as God told him, you're a man of valor. What is, a, what is a a man of valor or acts of valor to the men and women who have served our country? Well, an act of valor is great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. And as we look at this, I find about three things in that those verses of Scripture that describe the acts of valor that Gideon would be involved in, and I believe that all veterans of the United States Armed Forces have been involved in. First of all, there is bravery. Now, the veteran is a person that is instilled with bravery. And what is bravery? Bravery is the ability to confront danger. Now, look at Judges chapter 6, verse 14. It says this, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have I not sent you. The ability to confront the danger that was out there with the Midianites, the battle that was all out there, and I think about this with my fellow soldiers back in the day, and I served during the Vietnam War, that those were brave men and women who served their country, and they had the ability to confront danger. This is what being brave is all about, and the bravery of the veteran. Fearless, not without fear, but fearless to overcome the fear and to be resilient in the cause of defeating the enemy of freedom. So we find the veteran that has bravery. And by the way, that's what God said to uh, Gideon, you're a man of valor, and I'm going to make you a man of valor. The other part of this would be the courage of the veteran. The courage is the ability to undertake the difficulty. Now, the ability to confront the danger is the first part, but then there's the ability to undertake difficulty and the difficulty of warfare, the difficulty of defending freedoms, and so on. Judges 6 and verse 16, uh, the Lord says to Gideon, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Of course, Gideon was reduced down to an army of 300 when he started out with an army of over 2,000. And God reduced that army because he wanted men and women of valor in his service. The bravery had to be there. The courage had to be there. It's what we call a lot of times with courage. We call it grit. Okay. Remember uh, John Wayne and his movie, True Grit. Remember those uh, scenes and so on? Grit. Grit. Is resolve. It is saying, I can do this. And by the way, when you've got the Lord with you, you have his grit in your life and the ability to undertake the difficulty that lies out there before you. We don't run from those tasks. We don't run from those responsibilities, but we face them head up. And to the veteran today, I want to say thank you for your courage. Thank you for your bravery. But then most of all, thank you for your faith. Oh, I love this part of it because this is where valor comes in. This is where the ability to pursue victory is going to overcome anything that we have within ourselves. You know, I I remember when I went into the United States military that uh, upon my induction into the military, I was handed a Bible, a, a New Testament. And in that New Testament is the word of God. I mean, listen, you want to find where you're going to get your strength from today and I love it when veterans, we bow our heads to pray. We, uh, we kneel before the Lord God and we stand for the flag of the United States of America. And in this faith that we find, Gideon in chapter 6, verse 20 through 24, Gideon perceived that the person he encountered was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. You know, I know this as a veteran of the United States military, and I say this to all our veterans, you know what we fight for? We fight for peace and freedom. And I love it when I read this. The Lord uh, was standing there with Gideon, and he told him, he said, I'm the Lord that is peace. Now, we know that the ultimate peace of the Lord comes through knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior because there is no greater peace than knowing that the warfare that is going on with sin and with evil and all of that attacking individuals, we know that there's peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friend, this is what the veteran is all about. The veteran is brave. He's got the ability to go out there and confront the danger, and he's prepared for that. Oh, we went through such preparation to become soldiers, and then we went in our the might of what we had learned, and then it was the courage that came along with that, that the resolve that was built within us, the grit that was put in was the ability to undertake every difficult situation that we would face. And in the light of that, all that training, and i went through training as a as a soldier and i remember one time i was there and of course we were on the firing range and and uh, we had our rifles out and shooting the targets and so on we were told that you better learn how to use that rifle uh in a way that would not only save your life in self defense but also the lives of everybody around you and you know we don't want to think about war all the time and i it's the last thing that anybody really wants to get into is war but there comes a time when you're under attack that you've got to defend not only your freedom and your life, but the lives of those people who live in this great country of ours called the United States of America. My hat goes off to our veterans who have done that and those active military folks that are doing it today. But most of all, what comes out of this is the faith part. I told you that we always had uh, the New Testament with us. We, we had the things of God. I had the awesome privilege later on in my life of serving as a as an endorser uh, for military chaplains that would go out in there into the battlefield and stand right next to those soldiers and and be there with the word of God and prayer. We had some awesome chaplains. I we had one one time that was on a Coast Guard cutter and uh, he was leading those uh, young troops to the Lord Jesus. Uh, this was his his work but he was there to pray with them and encourage them in the things of God. And that's exactly what Gideon perceived when he was standing there as the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said with him, peace be with you, do not fear, you shall not die. And so Gideon built the altar of worship to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. You know who gives us the will to win? It's Jesus, my friend. And when I think about our veterans and I think about our military personnel, I'm so thankful for the freedom of being an American and having this wonderful, awesome uh, country of ours that we call the United States of America. No wonder why so many people want to come into this country. It's the greatest place on earth, I believe, to live in. We're not perfect. We have flaws. We need revival in America. We need Jesus to be lifted up. But, friend, you won't find a better place that you can do that in the entire world than the United States of America, and you can thank a veteran today for giving you the freedom to worship this morning. And I think about this acts of valor, great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. I look at my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as being my hero who stood in the face of danger, gave his life, So that I could live forever and ever in heaven. And that was God himself in a body of flesh. Oh, dear friend today, we got a lot to talk about because of Veterans Day and the man Gideon. And what is it? What is it that saves us from the danger of our sin and judgment and all of the things of the enemy? It is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to pause right here because we got announcements to give you. And we're going to share those right now before we go to break at the bottom of the hour. So, Lindy uh, is going to share our announcements of what's happening at Colonial Oaks Baptist Church. Lindy, take her away.
1: Okay, Pastor. Yes, uh, first, why don't uh, you stop what you're doing and just grab a pen and a piece of paper so you can write some of this information down if you like. We're going to start with our weekly schedule at Colonial Oaks on Sunday mornings. We have Sunday school classes for all age groups. We even have infant care. That's at 930 in the morning. Adult worship service begins at 10.30 in the morning. And at the same time, we have our children's church also at 10.30 Sunday mornings. Okay, let's get forward to Tuesday nights. Uh, at 6 o'clock to 7.30 is our Youth Ignited. This is 6th grade through 12th. And please invite your friends. Youth Ignited, Tuesday nights. Now, Wednesday evenings, we have several events. We've got a handbell choir rehearsal at 5 o'clock and a midweek prayer meeting and Bible study with Pastor Gary that begins at six o'clock on Wednesday evenings. Now, uh, Kids Connection, this is grades kindergarten through five, fifth grade, and that begins at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesday. One more Wednesday evening <laughs> event, and that is our rehearsal for our Celebration Vocal Choir, which begins at 7.30 p.m. By the way, um, you are cordially invited to come join us in our handbell choir or our celebration vocal choir and of course kids connection or our bible well, all of these things <laughs> i should have said that okay please come join us now thursday evenings is another fun event we have uh open gym there's a uh, basketball in there and all kinds of other things and this is from ages high school all the way up to heaven. <laughs> if you haven't entered heaven yet, you're welcome to come. Now that's at six o'clock through eight o'clock on Thursday evenings. Open gym and please bring your friends. Now, where in the world is Colonial Oaks Baptist Church? Our building is located at 6901 B Ridge Road here in Sarasota, just about a mile east of I seventy five at the Bee Ridge exit. Our phone number for the church is nine four one three seven seven. 2737. Again, that's 941 377 2737. Our website, mycobc.com, mycobc.com. Please check our website for special events throughout the year or to pick up some archived uh, Sunday sermons from Pastor Gary or archived Faith Answers radio programs. Now, Faith Answers is a radio out reach ministry of colonial oaks baptist church now if you happen to be riding around this morning or sitting around this or whatever you're doing if you are looking for a solid bible believing church please come worship with us tomorrow morning and when you come let us know you're here Alrighty, we look forward to meeting you now we have a very special event <clears throat> excuse me coming up tomorrow morning at ten thirty. it's our colonial oaks veterans day celebration All veterans and their families are invited to attend, and their friends, of course. Now, veterans are encouraged to wear their military uniforms or an article of clothing representing their branch. All branches of the armed forces will be recognized. Any questions, contact Lee Hickson at 941-377-2737. That's tomorrow morning, Sunday, November 11th at 1030 in the morning. Now, if you just tuned in, You are listening to Faith Answers Radio online at letstalkfaith.com. From Salem Media Group, Station WTBN, Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910. Faith Talk, excuse me, Faith Answers Radio Broadcast is here because, well, you have questions and God has answers. Please tune in every Saturday at 12 noon and Sundays at 6 a.m. and 11 a.m. Now you can contact us directly at the Faith Answers Radio Studio with your Bible questions or prayer needs. You know, we love to pray for you. In fact, our entire Colonial Oaks Church prayer team prays for you as well, and we will keep it as confidential and anonymous as you would like. You just let us know that, okay? Call or text Faith Answers at 941 952 8797. 941 952 8797 seven, Faith Answers Radio. You can email Pastor Gary at Pastor Gary, C O B C, at Comcast.net. Again, that's Pastor Gary, C O B C, at Comcast.net. Alrighty back to you, Pastor.
0: Oh, thank you, Lindy. Hey, listen, we're going to the bottom of the hour. Take a break. Stick around because we're going to be back in just a few minutes with more about Gideon. Hey, here's your question Are you a veteran? I bet you are. All right, stick around. We're going to answer that question when we get back. All right, so don't go away.
2: You're listening to Faith Answers with
0: Pastor
3: Gary Roy, pastor of Colonial Oaks Baptist Church in Sarasota. To learn more, call 941-377-2737. We'll be back with more Faith Answers in a moment on Faith Talk 570 and 910. So
1: let the praises ring, because He is everything.
3: Faith Talk 570, WTBN. Saturday afternoons at 430, join Pastor John Couch for This Day in the Word.
4: He blesses those who diligently, they are focused, they got missile lock, they're dialed in, they're going after God, who seek Him, who run hard after Him, who love Him, who live for Him.
3: This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Saturday afternoons at 430, on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com. Saturdays at noon, Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy.
0: People that don't walk with the Lord come up with these questions sometimes. Oh, God, show me your will, and you haven't been walking with Christ. You're going to make some mistakes here if you're not careful. Our point here is to stay in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith
3: Answers with Pastor Gary Roy, Saturdays at noon on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at Let's Talk Faith.com. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the
5: right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The cost of many Medicare plans are decreasing this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans. Plans that can eliminate your out-of-pocket costs. Plans with $0 premiums. And even plans that pay you back.
3: What is it people need to keep in mind?
5: With so many new options, it can be confusing. You can get objective help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more. With lower co-pays, more choices like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage, and the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Don't miss out on savings you deserve. Our health market's Medicare assistance is free.
3: Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets.
6: Find
7: out if you can get a Medicare plan that pays you back. Call 800-735-8803. That's 800-735-8803. 800-735-8803.
4: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington, and we've got breaking news at this hour as a Broward County judge is now ordering the immediate release of voter information sought by Florida Governor Rick Scott from the county's supervisor of elections. The circuit judge in the case set a 7 p.m. Eastern time deadline tonight for the supervisor of elections, Brenda Snipes, to turn over the voter information under Florida's open records law. Phillips found that Snipes violated that law by failing to turn over the information to attorneys for Scott's Senate campaign and the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Lawyers for Snipes argued that requiring such a swift response would interfere with ongoing efforts to finish counting the Broward County ballots. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down just over 200 points to closing bell at 25,989. The NASDAQ was down 124. More details at srnews.com.
6: If you've just joined us, you're listening to Faith Talk 570-910-FM102.1 as we feature some of the ministries that make up the Faith Talk family. Sundays at noon, it's Pastor Gary Roy with Faith Answers. Let's continue the program now. Welcome
3: back to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy on Faith Talk 570 and 910. Online at Let's Talk Faith.com. Here's your host, Pastor Gary
0: Roy. Are you enlisted? Oh, what a question that is. Well, you know what the Lord says in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 4, no one entangled in the warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier welcome back to faith answers i am pastor gary along with lindy rosenbaum and we got some great things to discuss and talk about today and you know what this is veterans day weekend and boy do we appreciate you the veteran today and our prayers our thanksgivings go up to the lord for what you gave so our freedoms could remain here in the United States of America. And we as Christians are, we basically are soldiers, and and the Bible tells us that we're enlisted into his service as servants of him to go into this world and save souls. Now, he does the saving, but we are the witnesses of him. Oh, we got a lot to talk about today, and we've been in the book of uh, Judges talking about the man named Gideon. And uh, the acts of valor that come out of a a veteran, uh, someone who's been in service for their country. We look at uh, that word valor, which means great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. And that's what the veteran does. You know, uh, as a veteran of the Lord's work, you do the same thing. You face battle every day. And we're even told to put on the armor of God in Ephesians chapter six before we go into that battle, and that's what a, a good soldier will do, and whether you realize it or not, you're going to face battle if you know the, know the Lord and you name the name of Christ as your Savior today. Uh, you know that's going to be a battle out there every time you go into the world. Well, the the warfare is worthy of our service and because of souls that need the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today, Lindy, we're talking about uh, the veteran Gideon and also to our veterans out there listening yeah. today uh, to this broadcast. And boy, this is great stuff today. I I really love this kind of uh, study today that we're in and relating the Word of God. You're enlisted, aren't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. Right. In fact, you were talking earlier and you, you said something about um, we need to... Endure when a veteran needs to endure hardship. Yes, as soldiers of Jesus, right? Amen. And 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 so does the uh, natural uh, soldier on the battlefield. It's uh, you don't get through that unscathed, and you don't get the, through that without a battle. Exactly. It's a battle. And I had a, a thought about this, uh, comparing as you've already been doing this, being a soldier of Christ and being a soldier in the military. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, It's very honorable to serve in the U.S. military. Very honorable. It's also very honorable to be enlisted as a soldier of Christ, right?
2: That's right. It's
1: a great honor to serve Christ in his army. It's a blessing to do so. And the word veteran, we're referring to someone who has already served in the army, right? That's correct. That's one perspective. That's after the fact. Mm -hmm. Then there's the active, the person in active service, Mm -hmm. right? And you can look at the battlefield on the U.S., you know, the the natural battlefield, and you can also look on the battlefield of the Lord. Um, after serving would be you've already gone to heaven. Right. Right? Active service would be you're in it right now. You've got the armor of God, and you're you're in the battle every day. Now, the next uh, category I was thinking of is preparing to go into service, right? Now, what is this about? Well, this is... When you repent and trust Jesus, you are now getting prepared to go into service, and it requires, what's the requirement to do that? You must have great trust in Christ to serve him in his army. So you don't get saved without true repentance and without great trust.
0: Oh, that is so true. You know what's interesting about the comparisons here today of our service to the Lord And the battlefield uh, that the the soldier does, you know, on this earth. Yeah. Um, I thought about this. You talked about getting into the service. Now, we call that boot camp. When I went to basic training in the Air Force, um, they change you. You are changed. They change your identity. They shave all the hair off your Uh head. Uh they take your civilian clothes and put them in a box. And they they don't and they give talk you the nice. clothes
1: to wear. And they talk mean to you. Don't and they they talk
0: mean to you. <laughs> but but the whole thing of that is is they're remaking you into a soldier. Very they good. they take everything down to zero. Um, I mean, e- even when you're humiliated and everything else, they're taking the pride out. They're taking everything out. This is such. Because it's neat not comparison. about you. It's not about you. So they're <laughs> making excellent. you a soldier yeah. uh, for the service of your country. And Perfect. how how interesting the comparison is with the Christian. Yes. You know, when you get saved, the Bible says. Uh, we 're created in christ Jesus where the old is gone and new has come in. Right. any man that is in christ he's a new creation, Amen. old things do pass away That's right. all things become new. And I thought about this with uh, with the military because you know when I went in i didn't I heard about uh you know the service and uh by the way uh watching gomer pile u s m c was not a good <laughs> portrayal of the uh, the military service that was that was hollywood reality and uh, by the way, mash was another program I used to watch, and I used to love it very much but uh that the reality of it is you are you're put through grueling life changing things when you go into the military service and there's a reason for that we had a captain one time come and speak to us and tell us because it got really really tough and um some people were questioning you know about can I do can I go home I right, never made right. that I never made that statement I knew better but um, but anyway he said look we came in we brought you in here to make you a, a, a United States of America soldier so you're going to have to endure this hardship, okay, in order to be a good soldier in the military. And I thought about that a long, long time, and it was so true. In the life of the Christian, it's the same way. God God brings us into this family or this, this you know, the army of the Lord, if you please, to go out here in the world and win souls. But you've got to go through sometimes hardship to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and to... As, as Paul would say, uh, that I might know him, yes. the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. Yes. So to say that the Christian life is just a bed of roses and uh-huh. you know everything's going to be wonderful and all your problems are going to go away. Well, you know what? <laughs> I thank God he's in there with my problems uh, hey, because man. he's going to carry me through. But we get prepared for battle when we serve the Lord.
1: Oh, don't we, though? There's so many perspectives uh, or aspects or facets to this topic. Yes. Um, We're talking about Gideon in Judges 6, and uh, we know the fact that, uh, what was it, that God dwindled his, what was it, 3,000-member army down to 300, and somewhere I saw, I haven't done the math, but somewhere I saw the, uh, it was something like... uh, Four hundred and ten to one, or something, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Don't hold me to that. But it was it was a huge, and and God fixed it so that no one would dream that this victory is anyone's right. other than God's. Um, I, I want to throw this in because I don't want to forget to say sure. it. Okay, it's a little sure. bit of a you know insert this. I would have said it earlier, but you we were talking about. You mentioned that we should thank a veteran. And we should, anytime anytime I see a veteran or an active service, man, man, if I have the possible opportunity, I will thank them from my heart, man. Well, I say thank a veteran. Who was it that served Christ and told you about your sin, repentance, and salvation? Be sure and thank them. Whenever I have the opportunity, man, I thank Marianne and Dennis Marlin they saved my life. Well, God saved my life, but He used them, and I thank them for their faithfulness that day to speak the truth to me.
0: Amen. And isn't that wonderful? When yeah. you can go back to an individual who led you to Christ. Yeah. Now, I want to I want to put something in there. You brought uh, an experience in my mind back because when I was in my early twenties, I had a, a preacher in town that I lived in in this little town called Frederica, Delaware. I was at uh, Dover Air Force Base at the time. And I lived in an upstairs apartment, and one day this person came to my door, knocking on the door, and I thought he was a salesman. So I looked down the steps, and I saw his uh, dress shoes, and I yelled at him and said, whatever you're selling, I don't want it, and get out of here and all this. (laughs) And I heard him laugh. He said, oh, no, no, I ain't selling anything. Come down here a minute. So I, I was curious, and I walked down the stairs, and it was this little guy. He was the preacher of the First Baptist Church, and uh, he, he wanted to talk to me and I said, well, I really don't have time today. He said, well, then you promise me you'll read this tract. And I said, all right. I said, if uh, you'll go, I'll read the tract. Okay. So I went back upstairs and he left, uh, and I read the tract and boy, was it powerful. I mean, it hit me right between the eyes spiritually about my lost condition and so on and so forth. But to make a long story short, uh, it was this man that I went to his church service that preached the gospel that really planted the seed, and several weeks later, I got saved. Well, after I got saved, I ran into him at the post office in town, and I said, Pastor Couple, I have to tell you something. And he looked at me, I said, I got saved. Well, he started crying, I started crying, we started hugging each other, and I it felt so good to just find him and tell him and thank him for witnessing to this old crusty sinner that needed the Lord. And I couldn't wait to tell him. And we had such a wonderful time rejoicing in the Lord. Now, the first time I went to his church, they put us on the second row. The second time I'm saved as a Christian, we had to sit in the back seat. But that's okay, because he would make room for all the lost people right up front. And uh, there was a reason for that. But, you know, you're right, Lindy. And I, I think this to our listening audience today You know, the person who had an influence in your life to tell you about Jesus, you ought to thank that person because truly they are a veteran of the Lord's work and the Lord's service that we should always remember to give thanks for those around us who witnessed the gospel.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, I I had to think about this for a minute. Uh, We were talking about our weaknesses uh, in going into military service. You know, God chose Gideon. And Gideon said, wait a minute, I'm too weak for this job, and I come from a very meek and meager family, and, uh, you know, we don't have anything, we're not that well-known, and God said, I'll make you strong. In other words, just like the military service made us into soldiers, and a lot of us kids went in there, and we didn't know, you know, up from down, uh, they trained us, and they put into us the confidence to go out there into battle. And that's what is created in the veteran. It's that bravery, the ability to confront danger that you're prepared for when you go out into the battlefield. Yeah. And then you follow that by courage and faith. But this is all what comes down to serving God as a veteran in his work as well.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> it's just such an exciting oh, part of life. Yes. I, I don't even have the right words to, to say it. There's... um. There's so much we could talk about. There's a fellow by the name of Ralph Norwood, and I've never heard of him before, but he said some pretty uh, astute things. And I just want to share a little bit, um, a little bit of paraphrase here, but just a few comments on Gideon and what God was doing, right? Uh, we all kind of know it, but I like the way he pointed this out. Um, first of all, in Gideon, there were latent qualities of leadership discerned only by God. Um Uh, Gideon wasn't a a brave warrior, especially in his own mind. Um, Three times he asked God for a sign, and and God did grant those signs. See, God met Gideon right where he was spiritually, and God led him on to maturity. Now, notice he says the crippling sense of inadequacy in in Gideon, right? He did not realize what uh, was in his eyes a disqualification. Right. In God's eye, it was the main reason for God choosing Gideon, mm. I love that. Isn't that great? That's awesome. Um, and he was told to do something absolutely uh, unthinkable. I, I don't. Well, I, I, in my own strength, there's no way I could do it if God told me to do this in my family. Yeah. But Gideon uh, was charged with the um, what the message, the uh, task of destroying the altar of his father and yep. the the people, and. and <clears throat> This would prove if Gideon was a mighty hero now he did it all by night mm-hmm. but here 's the key he did it yes now what he, he was facing you know personal courage, religious beliefs, family loyalty these were all implicated. Can you imagine the the, the in the natural the fear yes. right but he he was girded up by the power of God and he trusted God. The wrath of the city fathers came down on Gideon, and they wanted to kill him. Of course, they did. And the courage of the son was brought on by courage by the father and Amen. by God alone. Amen. Um, let's see. I God used um, what we would call today psychological warfare in mm-hmm. the way He took the, you know, the pitchers and the the trumpet and all that. And you already mentioned, Pastor, in Ephesians chapter six the put on the armor of God, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we got to remember that. Um, No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going (laughs) to say
0: you, you brought up a good point and uh, it's about the mental preparation of battle uh, more than the physical. Now I'll be honest with you. When I went into the air force and went through the obstacle course, I loved it. I mean, I loved going out in the woods and we had, uh, you know, all these, Things we did to try to find pilots and so on to kind of, you know, get ready for the real thing. But I remember the psychological part was the toughest because yeah. Oh, yeah. You, they would work on you with all the uh, your mind. And they said, look, when you get locked up as a POW, if that happens, oh. you got to know how to live and survive and, and put up with the propaganda and everything else they threw at you. Oh, but so this is this is why it's so important as Christians that we get inundated with the Word of God. Amen. Our minds have to be filled with the truth so that the errors of the world will not affect us.
1: It's the only power there
0: is. It's the only power there is. So Satan's
1: already defeated. We just walk as if he's not. God. that's right we must remember these truths and like you just said the only way to get it is to know your bible
0: amen, amen to that and that's why when gideon met the lord he said i met the lord the, the angel of the lord face to face mm. and that's when the peace came and the fear went away and uh and knowing that the lord is peace you know this is all about uh being a soldier of the lord i, I you know i Again, I I honor and respect and thank God for all of our military veterans out there, but I want to tell you something. I honor and respect all the Christians out there who for the last whatever time you've been saved have been faithful to the task yeah. of spreading the word yeah. of God. Now, <sighs> Uh, our time has just no. running. There's and I, so much. I know. And we've got so much to talk about. Oh. But, uh, Lindy, you've got some great things to share here uh, as we get close to closing our broadcast today. As we lead up to one of the, the most important thing is about knowing that you're saved right. and what that really means. So Getting Lindy, ready for battle.
1: Being ready for the battle.
0: So share with us those you, good thoughts.
1: I will. And you can't be ready for that battle unless you're with the Lord. Amen. All right. now. Dear radio friend, let's talk for just a minute, okay? When was the last time that you really sat down and thought about eternal life? Do you possess it? Are you certain? You know, God created humans with eternal life, but it was lost to man after the fall. Now, to get it back, we must be born again. Well, what is it exactly? In John seventeen three, Jesus defines it for us. He says, and this is eternal life that they, that's us, might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, a quick word about the word know, K-N-O-W. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing him. I'm sure you know what I mean, but let me give you an example. I know about George Washington. I'm sure you do too. But I don't have a personal relationship with him, so I don't know him. Now, also another example, a loving father, he knows all about his child, right? But he also knows his child because they have an intimate and personal relationship. See, it's the relationship that makes all the difference. That's knowing. Now, some think that eternal life begins after we die, but no, eternal life begins the moment that you repent and trust Jesus. And you know, it it continues forever, Now, we don't hear this phrase much anymore. Sinners repent. We don't hear that. In uh, Luke, Jesus says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He says, I, Jesus, I've not come to call the righteous, no, but I've called sinners to repentance. Jesus said that. You know, friend, when we deeply and truly recognize the depravity of our own personal sin in our nature, In other words, we see ourselves as God sees us. And then we learn of the Savior who can reconcile us with God. You know, this good news should arouse within us a desperate cry to be saved. The moment you repent and trust Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit of God at that moment makes his entrance into your heart and thus begins eternal life. It begins the intimate personal relationship between you and God. Knowing him is eternal life, all right? Now, eternity and eternal life are two entirely separate things. Everybody is going to live for eternity, but not everyone will have eternal life. Now, before we can comprehend the good news of the gospel, we must understand the bad news of the world. The book of Romans says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Okay, today, do you know that you are a sinner in need of a Savior? Or do you perhaps, do you think God's going to give you a pass? Oh, please don't be fooled. Jesus is our only hope. I used to think that, and I'm glad I found out it's not true. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, No one comes to the Father but through me, through Jesus. Now this, my friend, is the crux of the matter. When the wrath of God is unleashed upon the earth, and it's going to happen... If you die without Christ, you will perish unto eternal damnation. Now, here's the good news. The free gift of God, free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You know, if you're a child of God, he wants you to come home. Know this, he loves you so much. In fact, he demonstrated this love he has for you in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved. What from? We'll be saved from the wrath of God through him, through Jesus. Okay? Isn't this rich? Excuse me. So let's just underscore, if you die without Christ, you will never have another opportunity to choose life. Oh, dear listener, if you are still tuned in and listening, I must believe that Jesus is calling to you. Listen deeply. Do you hear that still small voice of the Lord gently beckoning to you? Will you take God at his word, turn to him, repent of your sins, and receive eternal life? Oh, don't wait until tomorrow. Proverbs 27 says, don't boast about tomorrow. You don't know what a day may bring. And James tells us, come on, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to this or that city. We're going to spend a year there. We're going to carry on business. We're going to make a profit. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. And Isaiah says, seek the Lord while he may be found and call on him, on him while he is near. Now, I don't know if you are secure in the Lord today, but if you have any doubt at all, ask yourself, who or what is keeping me from believing in Jesus? Now, Pastor Gary is going to explain how you can have eternal life today. Okay, back to you, Pastor.
0: Thank you, Lindy. And is God speaking to your heart right now? Is he drawing you in with this message today of hope and salvation? Would you repent right now and call upon the name of the Lord as your Savior? You say, how do I do that? It's a simple prayer, dear friend. It's calling out to him. Pray this prayer with me. Oh, God in heaven, I know that I am a sinner. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me on the cross, was buried and rose from the dead, and I believe he's coming again. And I confess Jesus as my Savior once and for all, and him alone in my life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Friend, if that's your prayer today, we want to hear from you. Text us at nine four one nine five two eight seven nine seven. If you made your profession of faith in Jesus today, that's wonderful. If you have a prayer request, text us, 941-952-8797. Well, my friends, that's all we have time for today on Faith Answers. Be sure to tune in each and every weekend on Saturday at 12 noon, Sunday at 6 a.m. and 11 a.m. Invite a friend to listen with you. On behalf of Lindy Rosenbaum and myself, uh, we wish to just have a blessed and wonderful day. You've been listening to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy. Faith Answers is
3: a listener-supported program. Your generous gifts are needed to help meet the goals of providing solid, Bible-based teaching that will strengthen the walk of those already following Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, draw others into a saving relationship with Him. You can help support the Faith Answers Radio Ministry by visiting mycobc.com. That's mycobc.com. Or mailing your gift to Faith Answers CO Colonial Oaks Baptist Church, 6901 B Ridge Road, Sarasota, Florida, 34241. You can call Pastor Gary Roy at 941 377 2737. Your support is a true blessing to Pastor Gary Roy and the Faith Answers Radio Ministry. Weekdays at 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Can all join when you fall the various trials and tested for the testing
8: of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work that you might be complete
3: and perfect and lacking nothing. Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com.
7: Are you ready to do something big for God? Are you looking to be a part of something bigger than yourself? Since 1971, Word of Life Bible Institute has been giving young men and women the biblical foundation they need for whatever career path the Lord has for them. There are only two things that last for all eternity, the Word of God and the souls of men. Stop wondering what it would be like to step out for God and make your plans to do it. For more information, please call our admissions department at 727-379-5037 or visit us online at wordoflife.edu. Thank you. The
4: cat
3: Decorating a light switch cover, that's a do-it-yourself. Rewiring the light switch, that's a don't do-it-yourself. Don't take chances. Call your locally owned Mr. Sparky for any electrical repair. We always leave your home safer than we found it, and Mr. Sparky's straightforward pricing means no surprises.
5: You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY.
3: Terms and conditions may apply. Call for details. Independently owned and operated. Licensed in the respective state or county. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's com. a service of the Salem Media Group.
5: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Fatalities are being reported in that fire in Northern California that's leveled the town of Paradise. It's still pretty hard to, to assess. We we know that there was a lot of movement of people trying to get out of uh, out of the paradise area yesterday. We, we know there are fatalities, but, but we really can't put a number on it quite yet. The blaze near the town of Paradise has grown to nearly 110 square miles, and investigators found the dead in vehicles that were torched by the flames. Meanwhile, in Southern California, a fire jumped Route 101 into the Santa Monica Mountains there. Woolsey Fire Incident Commander David Richardson says the blaze is a dangerous one.
2: We have a column of smoke behind the air. The cell continues to burn in Ventura County, and we have some ominous uh, uh, columns of smoke over the Santa Monica
5: Mountains. Fire conditions remain severe with high winds and low humidity throughout the state. On Wall Street, the Dow by 201 points. This is SRN News. This hour is brought to you by EDI Travel.
6: Welcome to the 5 o'clock hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl. Today we're featuring some of the ministries that make a big impact here in the Tampa Bay community and are a vital part of the family here at Faith Talk 570, 910 and FM 102.1. Dr. Jomo Cousins is the pastor of Love First Christian Center in Riverview and the host of Fresh Wind Radio, airing Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. here on Faith Talk. You can also listen online at letstalkfaith.com.
7: It's time for Dr. Jomo Cousins on Fresh Wind Radio. Number three, I'm gifted. The reason why I tell
8: you this is if you don't know who you are or whose you are, You will be limited in what you think is possible. Real talk. Because, see, if I don't know who I am and I don't know what's in me, I can't pull out what I don't know.
7: We hope you're excited to hear God's word today on Fresh Wind Radio. We've got some incredible opportunities lined up for you later on in the broadcast to support this radio ministry. But for now, let's get straight to the word with Dr. Jomo God is doing something new, I feel
8: Lift your hands in the air with that, and let's make our faith confession. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe that my life will never be the same after hearing and doing the living word of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Streaming audience from all over the world, God bless you. Today, we'll delve into my message, Stay in Your Lane, Part 2, Work With What You Got. Look at your name and say, work with what you got. I heard ladies say this before, work it, girl. Work with what you got. Uh, On the first Friday of every month, I teach at a golf course called Palmasia. Uh, it's by McDill Air Force Base, very affluent area, and uh, they have me come and teach the Bible. Uh, the Bible study starts at 6:45 in the morning, so for me to get to McDill, that means I have to leave at 5:45 in the morning. Amen to God be the glory, because you know I got to do the prayer line in the parking lot. <laughs> Amen. If anybody been a prayer line with me, y'all know what I'm talking about. And with that, uh, I like taking the Crosstown Expressway. But one morning, uh, where I usually go was closed. And they had a sign that said, Express Lane closed, stay in your lane. And that just spoke to me. Express Lane closed, stay in your lane. Uh, Raise your hand if you ever wish God would keep the express lane open for you. Doesn't it seem every now and then God just kind of keep you in a lane? You're like, Lord, how long, Lord? Anybody wish you could hit fast forward? And you you know it's a tough season. Can we just hurry this season up? And, and what I've realized, oftentimes uh, we're trying to get out of the lane God has called us to. Because, see, oftentimes when you're trying to change lanes, you haven't learned what you're supposed to learn in the current lane. So God will tell you to stay in that lane until you learn what you're supposed to learn. Uh, My mama, when she was alive, uh, she was a great cook. And she made this thing called black cake. Um, I I was born in Jamaica. Black cake is rum cake. Black cake. But anyway, we're not going to go there right now. And, And this cake, if anybody has some rum cake in your life, raise your hands. Oh, Jesus, I mean some good rum cake, glory to God. It weighs about 15 pounds, and you hold that thing say, glory to God. Anyway, sh- I like rum cake, okay? Don't judge me, praise God. Uh, I don't drink it, but I so eat it. Anyway, <laughs> and, and, and my mother would make this cake, and when she was making the cake, she'd say, Jomo, whatever you do, don't touch my oven when I'm baking my cakes. Now, now, do I have any real bakers in here that know how to make a cake? Now, 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 what happens when you open the oven before it's ready? The cake will fall. How about this? How about oftentimes we are trying to get out of the oven? God has a sin. But God doesn't want to open the oven right now because He knows you're what? So oftentimes we want to get out of our lane. We want to get out of the hot spot. But what it is, God says, I haven't finished. Developing you yet. See what I love about our God is God is like them old Polaroid pictures. See what He do He takes you to the dark room and He strips off all the negatives. And what happens, all, all the people see is your pretty picture, but they don't see all the stuff you've been through. All they see is the outside, but they don't see what you've really been through. Anybody know about them old Pol- Polaroid pictures? Po- Polaroid wasn't ready for change, that's why they're not here no more. <laughs> Foundational truths. Number one, I got four foundational truths before I get in the main text. This is your appetizer. Number one, church, y'all ready to read? We're going to read from Genesis uh, 126. Let's read. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image and according to our likeness. Now, let's read. Say this, church. I am made in God's image. And God's likeness. Come on, get it. I am made in God's image and God's likeness. One more time. I am made in God's image and God's likeness. Now see, now I can shake off self-esteem because see, I'm made in his image and his likeness and God can't make junk. So if I'm made in his image and his likeness, now I walk differently. I talk differently. Why? Because I'm made in God's image And God's likeness. And everyone say, I have authority. Mm hmm. Pastor, where do you get that at? Look at the next line. And let them have complete authority. Now, you may not be walking in it, but it's yours. The Bible says, we tread upon serpents and all the power of the enemy. I have authority. But if I don't take my place, I don't walk in it. Number two. Number two, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Everyone says, I have value and virtue. Look what it says. Y'all ready to read? For you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise for you, for I am fearfully. And wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed as embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. Let me help somebody. Though your parents were not married and did not know you were coming, God did. You know, because see, As a brother, me, born out of wedlock, they call you a negative name. And just because my parents didn't know about me, God knew about me. And see, when you get the revelation, now you shake off all the foolishness people talk about because guess what? Whether you believe it or not, I was made by the king. I was fearfully, wonderfully made. I was made in his image and his likeness. And I'm here on purpose, for a purpose. Now, you may not like it, but I'm called. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not below. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed coming out. And no weapon formed against me Look at your name and say, you don't know who you're sitting next to. See, if you knew who you were sitting next to, you say glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So now look, I'm made in His image and His likeness. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. The next one, I'm gifted and talented. Oh, Jesus. When I was in elementary school in D.C., they had a special class called gifted and talented. That's for the smart kids. I ain't passed my test, so I didn't get to go to that class, but that's all right. (laughs) But now I know. Look look, look, what the Bible says. Y'all ready to read this, y'all? Just as each one of you has received, you're not waiting on your gift. You already got it. You are fully equipped by God to fulfill his purpose. Glory to God. Pastor, I don't understand that. Do you have to tell a child to grow, or will a child just grow if you feed it? You don't have to say, child, grow. It's going to what? Because it was built to what? Because everything that the child needed was already in it when God put it. So what you have to understand is everything, all the gifts, all the talents were already in you when he called you. You just got to tap into it. Just as I love how it's so clear. Each one, it didn't say all of us, each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent.
7: You're listening to Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Dr. Cousins will be back in just a moment with more fresh perspective from God's never changing word. And now, let's get back to the Word.
8: Each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it. Pastor, what are you saying? Look at him and say, work it. Work with what you got. See, what happens, just because you can't sing, you believe you can't serve. Well, Pastor, I can't sing. Well, can you hold the door? Can, can, you, can, you, can, you, can you watch a child? Can you help somebody park their car? Can you smile and say hello? Can, is there something you can do for God? Because what happens, since people may be able to sing, the gift is glorified. But just because I hold a door and being in church doesn't mean God is not appreciative of my gift. See, look, you don't get glory for having gifts. You get glory for how
7: you use your gifts.
8: See, see, it's not about my ability. It's how I use my ability. Because, see, we all have different abilities. But, see, if I'm faithful with what God has given me, I will be ahead of you. Because, see, you may be gifted, but you're not using it. Look at him it, say, Work. But what you got, employ it in serving one another as appropriate God's steward of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. So now, listen, let's get it. So number one, I made this image, his likeness, and I have authority. Number two, I was fearfully and wonderfully made it. Number three, I'm gifted. The reason why I tell you this, is if you don't know who you are or whose you are, you will be limited in what you think is possible. (laughs) Real talk. Because see, if I don't know who I am and I don't know what's in me, I can't pull out what I don't know. So that's why you have to get this in your mind, that that, that God made me on purpose and for a purpose. I'm gifted and I'm talented. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to get this for yourself because the world will tell you you're nothing. The world will say you're not good. The world will say you're not qualified. And if you don't get this for yourself,
7: David said it this
8: way, I encourage myself in the Lord. Because, see, you're not going you, to have great days all the time where people say, good job, great job. You better pat your and encourage yourself. And the last one, you have faith. Now, if you just get this part of the message, you're winning. Now, this is just the appetizer. But if you just get this, I'm made in God's image and God's likeness. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I have a gift. And I have faith. Oh, you can move mountains. Now look what it says. God has apportioned. That Apportioned, that means you already have it. The challenge is you don't have it in the right area. You have faith in the dollar. You have faith in the job. You have faith in your relationship, but you don't quite have faith in God. So therefore, your faith, is not producing what it was supposed to produce because you haven't used it in the right place. Glory to God. God has a portion to each a. Now notice, I keep saying each. That means we all got it. Each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. God, with your gift, gives you the grace to fulfill it. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. God gives you the gift and the grace to fulfill it. What does that mean, Pastor? People may look at you and say, I don't know how you do it. Because I'm graced to do it, baby. See, this is what God has graced me to do. You know how you have one job and it seems like people are all flustered? And you come in, chill, I got this. Because see, you are graced. That's your grace. That's your lane. And when you're in your lane, it's like you're breathing. But some people get in your lane and they can't handle it. He said, Pastor, I don't know how you handle it. You know, you got your problems. They got their problems. You got everybody's problems. I said, because I'm graced to do it. Because this is what God's called me to. And when God calls you to something, he graces you for it. So therefore, you can look like it looked like it's all good. Why? Because the grace of God is on it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that's your appetizer. You ready for the main course? It's a good restaurant. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Do you know the lane God's called you to abide and serve in that name and stay faithful to that lane? Because oftentimes when you're in the wrong lane, you're frustrated because you're trying to function in a lane that you're not equipped to function in. I, I love this. Since I wanted to help you all and bless you all, this is the Urban Dictionary, the definition for staying in your lane. Church, y'all ready to read? This is going to bless y'all life right here. My son over there, doing? just walking. Heard his ankle on the basketball court, got a little limp. That is really my son. Anyway, y'all ready, to church? Mind your own. That preach right there. That preach right there. That, that alone, that just, come on, that's, that's an amen, hallelujah right there. Praise God. Keep moving forward in your own life. Don't veer over into another person's person. Some of y'all are so happy y'all came to church today, boy. Some of y'all are so happy. Praise God. <laughs> Nudge your neighbor say, I think he's talking to you. Come on. I, I, I think he might talk. But he might be talking to you right now, Lord Jesus. I think he's talking to you. I be trying to tell you all the time, Mind your own business to God. Don't be nosy, or insert yourself in someone else's life, business, or relationships? We need to stop right there. Lord Jesus. <laughs> why are you worrying about somebody else's relationship? Your relationship is so tore up. Why don't you focus on you? You're so busy looking at my man. Why don't you just work on Did I say that in church? Why are you looking at my? Worry about your, if you water your grass, it'll be green too. That's right. That's right. Put some fertilizer on it. If you can't fertilize, pay somebody else to do it. Probably not a, that's probably not a good one right there. But. <laughs> Secondarily, y'all ready? On, this, this one blessed me. Only talk about things you understand. <sighs> don't you hate when somebody give you an opinion, you don't know what they. Why are you talking to me right now? You don't even know what you're talking about. Hey, son, only talk about things you understand or you know about. Own your own opinion. Nothing worse than me than somebody hit me with a rock and then run. If you feel that way, say it to me. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. If you want something to say yes and get off your chest, say it to my face. Man up. I ain't going to hit you. And you ain't going to hit me. I wish <laughs> <laughs> Don't push me because I'm close to the... (laughs) Y'all, I'm trying not... Boy, y'all ain't
9: Christians.
8: (laughs) You better laugh, praise God. Stop, Jumbo, stop, focus, focus, focus. And realize that it may or may not be expert advice. Stay in your lane. All right. Boy, let's bless you already. We just get into the main course. Praise the Lord. We're going to teach today from 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel, excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is a story of David, Eliab, and King Saul. David, Eliab, and King Saul. David is coming to uh, the battlefield. Uh, Goliath is yelling threats, and nobody's saying anything to him. So David gets down there, and David says, what's going on? And this is where we start the story. Now, Iliad, his oldest brother, the oldest brother, he's the big brother. The Bible says he's a tall, strapping man, good-looking man, physical man. The oldest brother heard what he had said to the man. Iliad's anger burned against David, and he said, why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep? That's a little body blow, a little jab. In the wilderness, I know your presumption, your overconfidence, and the evil in your heart. Glory to God, I thought we were brothers, and it's all good. For, for you have come down in order to see the battle. But David said, what have I done now? Was it not just harmless question? The, the, the challenge in this faith walk is that anyone who is progressing will have people who do not like their progression. So since David was a man of faith, anytime you have people with faith, those who don't walk in faith will attack faith. See, if I am going after life, people who don't go after life hate me because it's an indicator that they're not moving. So <clears throat> progressors, those who are trying to go from faith to faith, they'll have people who are called haters. Well, why do you want a new house? Well, why you want a new job? Well, why are you going back to school? Well, why don't you get your own life? How about that? How about that? How about that? Why, why, why are you so worried about me? Raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. It is always, every time you try to make a move, well, what you going to do that for? Well, what you going to do that for? Well, you know, I'm moving that neighborhood. Why are you leaving the neighborhood for? Don't you see we all on welfare? What's wrong with that? Come on. Come on. Because guess what? Whenever you try to step outside of what's normal, people will come at you. Am I telling the truth? Because see, we we all here, so we all need to s- stay here. No, no, no. We no. I got to go. No, no, no. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not below. See, see. I understand who I am, and whose I am. So, so the, I I can't settle for this because God has called me higher. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. So, so with this. You have to be mindful, and this is what I've learned. I always try to be very conscientious and listen very carefully Whatever God promotes me. Because when you get promoted, you will find out who who really loves you. Because, see, when they start saying, why you do that? Oh, see, see, why can't we, as believers,
7: celebrate each other?
8: Man, you got a promotion. Man, praise the Lord, man. To God be the glory. Guess what? That means God did it for you. God can do it for me. Oh, you got a new car? Glory to God. That's nice, man. To God be the glory. Why? Because increase and promotion come from God. God is the promoter. So why don't we celebrate when our brothers and sisters come up? Instead, we don't celebrate, we hate.
3: Faith Talk 570, WTBN.
6: Sunday mornings at 7.30, don't miss The Crucified Message with Dr. Tony Young, Jr. Let me remind you, that's the way you and I have acted toward God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but not only that, he gives us life, he gives us health, strength, food, shelter, and clothing. The Crucified Message with Dr. Tony Young, Jr. Sunday mornings at 7.30, on Faith Talk AM 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com.
10: This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. The Supreme Court in the U.K. recently decided unanimously in favor of a bakery in Belfast where they declined to make a cake celebrating same-sex marriage. You may think it sounds similar to the case of Jack Phillips here in our country. That's because it is. Here at home, of course, Jack won at our high court by a 7-2 margin in the Masterpiece Cake Shop decision, defended by the good folks at ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Jack's story, the story of the U.K., the story of Baron L. Stutzman, the floors up in Washington State, all are just examples of how widespread these free speech and free exercise of religion issues are today. The courts, at least for the foreseeable future, are the first and last line of defense for what our founders called the first freedom. The good folks need to stay fully engaged in the fight. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine
0: Graduate School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.
3: Weekday mornings at 9. Don't miss Moving Forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage. The good news is that Jesus Christ, God's son, came to us when we could not come to God. And he gave himself. He offered himself up
9: on the cross for our
3: sins. Praise God for that. Moving forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage, weekday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN online at letstalkfaith.com.
11: If you buy your own individual or family health insurance, you've heard the news. There's a health care crisis, and it's only getting worse. Rates are exploding, and insurance carriers are leaving, with you left holding the bag. With recent actions, it can only get worse. There is good news and a solution over a million people have already discovered. It's called health sharing. And without it, you're overpaying $500 or more every month for health care and paying exorbitant deductibles at the same time. And listen to this, health sharing plans are exempt from the Affordable Care Act, and you're only paying for the medical care you need. It's your health care and your right to choose the plan that's right for you. Best of all, you'll be saving $6,000 or more a year. Employers, you too can save 27% on group medical plans with health sharing. Certified health share advisors are standing by. For information and a free quote, call 800-215-9188. Take back control of your health care and call 800-215-9182 for a free quote. That's 800-215-9182. 800-215-9182.
3: Saturday afternoons at 430. Join Pastor John Couch for This Day in the Word.
4: He blesses those who diligently, they are focused, they got missile lock, they're dialed in, they're going after God, who seek Him, who run hard after Him, who love Him, who live for Him.
3: This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com.
10: the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. With SRN
5: News, on Keith Peters in Washington. Nurses and patients have recounted dramatic escapes from a hospital in a northern California town that was devastated by a wildfire. Nurse Daryl Wilkin told the Chico Enterprise Record newspaper Friday But the fire in the town of Paradise came so quickly that he and other Feather River Hospital employees used their own cars to evacuate patients. Wilkins took three patients in his car, two of them in critical condition. He battled gridlocked traffic on a road surrounded on both sides by fire. Meanwhile, a raging Southern California wildfire has triggered a mandatory evacuation order for the entire beachside city of Malibu. The fire broke out Thursday northwest of Los Angeles and roared southward jumping the U.S. 101 freeway early Friday and sweeping into the Santa Monica Mountains. On Wall Street, the Dow on by 201 points. The NASDAQ dropped 124, the S&P lower by 26, oil down to 60.19 a barrel. SRN News. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. Online
3: at Let's Talk Faith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group.
6: Thanks for listening to the Bill Bunkley Show. Today we thought we'd take a moment to feature some of the ministries that impact so many lives across Tampa Bay as vital members of the family here at Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1. When it comes to apologetics and intelligent design, no one has a greater depth and breadth of knowledge locally than Dr. Tom Woodward, founder of the C.S. Lewis Society. You can dive deep into the big questions and the big answers Saturday mornings at 1030 during The Universe Next Door. Why do we exist? Were we created with a purpose? Or are we just here by chance? What are we to believe about life, faith, and worldview? Welcome to The Universe Next Door, focusing on answers to the questions we all consider. The Universe Next Door is sponsored by the C.S. Lewis Society and Trinity College of Florida. And supported through gifts from listeners just like you. Discover more resources and continue the conversation at apologetics.org. And now, your host, the research professor of Bible and theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward.
9: Welcome to a special edition of The Universe Next Door, as I am privileged to be partnering with my friend and uh, student at Trinity College. Can I call you that? Nick Shalna? Sounds great. Okay, and, and pastor of, uh, you know, working with uh, your head pastor. And the name of the church is? Church Experience. Woo-hoo. Youth pastor. Yeah, he's the youth pastor. And uh, he is also a extremely well-equipped already, growing from strength to strength apologist. He's reaching out using... This uh, amazing uh, world of apologetics as a springboard, would you agree with, uh, for your students, in evangelism and discipleship? Yes, that's I would ex- agree. That's exciting. So thank you, Bill Carl, for running, uh, being the co-skipper of this uh, fun ship. Uh, thank you for your excellence. Pleasure as always. Yeah, excellence with love, as they that's say at right. <laughs> St. Louis Cataract <laughs> Laser love. Institute. So we, we thank, uh, of <laughs> course, doc, doc, Dr. Gills and that whole team uh, for their ongoing excellence, uh, mm, just modeling yes. Christian love. And in that case... Uh, Ministry to the needs, to the ophthalmological needs of people in Tampa Bay. So it's interesting. My wife is now, uh,
6: I won't give her age, but she's (laughs) in her mid 40s. Mm. But we were driving through the Tarpon Springs area and we drove by the church where she gave her heart to the Lord. Wow. All those years ago as a teenager. And uh, Dr. Gills, even then, was a part of helping to, uh, you know, just kind of fund and Mm. promote and uh, be a part of ministry. In the Tampa Bay area, and had made a, a key uh, infl- in, or impact. In, impact
9: on that, uh, in, uh,
6: even on that, and okay. it, it's just amazing after all these
9: years. Yeah, so, uh, and of course, Dr. Gills is uh, is so committed to the gospel. Uh, we're just we're, we're blessed to have uh, worked with him through the years and have his guidance and leadership in so many areas, including the book which uh, Nick, you and I were discussing, Darwinism Under the Microscope. Yeah, which I think you enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, yeah, he had some great chapters. The oh. first chapter, in, in particular, I think was my <laughs> was my favorite.
9: There, there's a whole story about how that amazing the <laughs> the dialogue between the two cousins at the university. Is so. there is
2: there a story? There's truth behind that there's, story. D- well, not...
9: yeah, I'll I'll tell you the full story. How about that next weekend? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of next week, uh, we're devoting this weekend next week as kind of part one and part two of bringing to the surface in news that you may not have heard in your own awareness of study of apologetics. There's a lot of really amazing breakthrough. There are breakthroughs in science and genetics and cosmology. Uh, my partner here, Nick Shalna, has been diving into something called the Kalam, cosmological argument. You're going to be sharing a little bit of what what that's all about here in a few minutes. And I'm going to bring up what I think is some of the most amazing news, uh, pieces of news to come up From the world of genetics and what they're learning about species and genes, literally part of the hard drive, part of the, if you will, the technical information that enables these various species to thrive is written just for them alone. God's almost expressing in his creator status, I love you so much. I've written 30% of your genome just for Mm -hmm. you. That's pretty cool. So uh, let's, uh, as a springboard into our discussion, this week we'll be emphasizing the amazing news and breakthroughs in science apologetics. You might think of a science news that points to God, that points to a creator and sustainer of the universe. But let's begin this trek uh, by kind of looking back on some of the classic information because Christian apologetics, that is the defending and giving reasons for the Christian faith, literally explaining and vindicating the Christian faith that has been going on for centuries, literally for thousands of years. Would you agree?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. From First from Peter
9: 3.15. Yeah, which is written by the Apostle Peter. And, or, and Peter was standing on the shoulders of giants of the Old Testament. Yeah. Who constantly, think of Isaiah in chapter 40 uh, on through about 47, 48. Uh, Isaiah's confronting and showing literally the the the, the 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 complete chaotic and trashy basis for paganism. <laughs> And the only one, the only explanation that makes sense is a single God who both created and sustains the universe. Uh, One of my favorite classical arguments, I'll go ahead and kick off with this, is fulfilled prophecy. To me, there is a special deep heart resonance. There's kind of a ring down in our souls that shouts out, this is true. When we hear a prophecy that points to Christ, I'll just bring up uh, one of them, Psalm 22, Psalm 22 is uh, familiar to some of you, but it's one of the most famous declarations uh, from the Psalms, and it begins in a way that, that brings us back literally to the, the, the truth of Christ as he was on the cross, dying for the sins of, of us all. begins with, Psalm 22 begins with these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer, by night, and am not silent. And yet you're enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. And he goes on and speaks of his situation. This is David speaking, but the story of David being attacked, being, as he felt at the time, forlorn, forsaken, left, left alone by God, is just a first stage of the real meaning, which is pointing to Jesus exactly because he he quoted
2: this and we just went over this with our our students actually Psalm 22 Uh, one of my personal favorites it says my God my God why have you forsaken me Jesus says this from the cross Mm -hmm. and what's so interesting about some of these chapters this one in in particular Isaiah 53 is another one Mm -hmm. uh, that it almost looks like it makes more sense in the context of Jesus Mm -hmm. 1500 years later than it does in the context of David
9: absolutely absolutely and and it it brings out some of the details of the cross in the end of this. It says, Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions tearing their prey, open their mouth wide against me, and poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint, my heart has turned to wax, it has melted away within me. And and he literally uh brings out in verse sixteen the shock of the cross situation. He says, they have pierced my hands and my feet. The word ka'ari is the Hebrew word, and it's best translated, they have pierced my hands and my feet. That would be pretty significant for David writing 1,000 B.C., right? Before
2: crucifixion.
9: Before crucifixion was invented. And so it's a prophecy, not only of Christ dying on the cross, laying down his life in love, in incredible pain, but as the atonement, as the satisfaction, as the quenching, of the righteous anger and judgment against us if we take refuge in that christ who who died in our place and rose again and we're going to talk maybe next week a little bit about the evidence for the resurrection but who if we take refuge in that that's the that's the springboard that's the beginning if we trust and and turn around and 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 confess we're sinners and receive christ it's the beginning of eternal life would you agree with that
2: absolutely and one of my favorite quotes uh, by C.S. Lewis, is we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. Mm. And it's coming to that realization and understanding there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. We're totally unable.
9: Yeah. It's a gift placed there in front of us, tied up with a bow, but we have to receive the gift. Absolutely. And you know, it just occurs to me that there might be some out there, someone right out uh, you know, in the listening audience, uh, either by podcast or one of our radio affiliates, who maybe is being tugged right now to receive that gift. Um, do you think could you lead us in, in maybe a quick word that we can just kind of um, just say you know thanking God for if you just thank God for this amazing gift of the et- gift of eternal life? Yes. Okay. Um, God, we're so
2: thankful uh, for what you've done for us. That your your word says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We did nothing to deserve it. We did nothing to earn that. Uh, but he he took what we deserve and he gave us what he earned on the cross, God. So we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful for your your speaking into our lives. Uh, and God, I just pray that anybody out here listening right now, that you would tug on their heart, uh, that you would pull them to you and that they would listen to that call, uh, that they would accept your gift that's so perfect and so gracious. In Jesus' perfect name,
9: Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for that. So, we're going to be talking here. We're going to be jumping in and uh, diving right in. I'm going to go up here. To, I'll go to Bat, and then I'll, you're on the on deck circle. You're, you're next to Bat, yes. okay? Okay. So, I'm going to just mention here that Theistic Evolution, a book which is a critique, actually, a critique of theistic evolution. Uh, and, and actually, it's, it's called Theistic Evolution, a Scientific, Philosophical, and Theological Critique. Okay, I finally got it correct.
2: <laughs> available on Amazon.
9: That's right. Available on Amazon for really good price because I think the original price is like 50 bucks. but you can get it for less than that on Amazon and, and other great Christian providers as well. Uh, do you, I think you've seen the book, the big thick white yeah, book. Big, yeah, it's like a Bible. So, yeah. so, so I, I think I will give you one for Christmas. How do you like that? Yes, uh, I okay. love that. An early <laughs> announcement. You know, it's maybe spoiling your Christmas suspense, but at least you know there's going to be something cool under the tree for you <laughs> yeah. from CSO Society. <laughs> okay. But this is an amazing book. And uh, I know Bill Carl and I enjoy the the dialogue we had with J.P. Moreland. You may mm-hmm. remember yeah. just about a year ago when the book was published, one of the great Christian philosophers of all time, really. And it's just a privilege to know him and to have had a, his help in introducing this book. This book has been ricocheting. It's been exciting. It's been amazing just to see the response from all across the spectrum of either belief or disbelief, in other words, acceptance or skepticism about this Darwinian story. Some Christians um, have said, oh, don't question Darwin. It's absolutely proven. And so just kind of fit it into your theology. And that's what we call theistic evolution. There's actually a website, BioLogos uh, is the organization that promotes this. And this book is a massive, careful, thorough, like 15 different points, uh, different points of weakness of that, of that theistic evolution theory are brought out. And I'm just going to mention this because we're going to have to take a break here in just a half a minute. There is something called orphan genes, and I think we were talking about this in the car. Yeah. Orphan genes. Now, what is an orphan gene? Is that a gene with no parents? Well, in a <laughs> kind sense, of. yeah, yeah kind, In an evolutionary sense, this is a gene. One parent. Yeah. yeah. God. So, and and so this is a remarkable discovery. They're called. TRGs, if you want to know, that is not the name for a new a sports car produced out of Europe. Okay. <laughs> TRG means taxonomically restricted genes. And we're going to talk about the amazing discovery, the surprise, the aha moment that's coming from this area and how it points to a creator. So we'll be right back, Nick, Nick, Shalna and I here on the Universe Next Door. Stay tuned. <laughs>
6: One of the hallmarks of intelligent design is the amazing double helix molecule, DNA. And maybe you've heard Dr. Woodward talk about the DNA molecule model that he's commissioned and is since used as an incredible teaching tool for apologetics and in the classroom. The digital code found within DNA is compared to the code language used by a modern computer. And now, for a limited time, you can own your own copy of this colorful 37 inch dynamic DNA model at an incredibly low price. Check out the special limited time offer at apologetics.org. That's apologetics.org. This twistable model is perfect for learning about the wonders of biology, whether you're age 9 or 99. The model zips open and closes again using embedded magnets, and its seven-color system, along with the model's own catchy song, makes it an ideal surprise gift or an incredible hands-on classroom tool for your favorite teacher. Order your copy of Dr. Woodward's Dynamic DNA Model today at apologetics.org for a very special price. Again, it's a limited-time offer at apologetics.org. Click on DNA in the universe next door and enjoy this unforgettable learning experience. Order yours today at apologetics.org. Welcome back to the universe next door, focusing on questions of life, faith, and worldview. You can learn more about this program and tap into further resources at apologetics.org. And now your host, the Research Professor of Bible and Theology at Trinity College of Florida,
9: author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward. Well, here we are uh, diving into part two of Breakthroughs from Science, and you might say Science Apologetics, connecting the truth of the Bible and Christianity With the marvelous, amazing, and in many cases, shocking or startling discoveries coming out of the world of science. Let me mention this, that I had a chance just this morning to see the new video. It's a DVD, and uh, it's called The Call of the Cosmos. It's like the privileged planet, but it's way updated. I mean, I love The Privileged Planet. That will eternally be a fantastic film. But The Call of the Cosmos actually brings in the Psalm 19 dimension, God and his handiwork in the creation and the biblical statements about god's awesome creativity and what we what we're learning in the cosmos is just fantastic so uh that'll be your first part one of your christmas present how's that yes. I'll, I'll hand you the dvd in the car as yeah. you know illustra media does fantastic work just off the chart amazing great work and uh bill we've had lad allen with us on the programs mm-hmm. many times yeah, yeah. yeah. And their, their organization, the Alestra Media Organization, actually has a John 1010 project. So you can check that out uh, on, on the Internet. So this video and the entire John 1010 project is just a major breakthrough that puts the cookies on the exciting uh, accessible shelf uh, for all of us. So um, let me get back to the breakthrough from genetics. And I'm going to make this fast because I want to bring you in on cosmology here in just a moment. Uh, What they're finding, and this is actually brought out in several places in the new Theistic Evolution book, Theistic Evolution, a Scientific, Philosophical, and Theological Critique, uh, with offerings, uh, contributions from 30 different scholars. But when they talk about orphan genes, and we alluded to this in Part 1, orphan genes are genes that are hard to explain by a random, slow, steady process of of large-scale evolution. In other words, evolution, the predictions of evolution would not predict that when you get down get down to the twigs at the top of the tree of life, the supposed tree of life, you know, the trunk and the branches, and finally you get down to mm-hmm. the individual species of the twigs, you would not expect to be have a huge load, like twenty or thirty or even forty percent of the genetic library written just for that twig entirely unique is entirely unique to just that either that species or a group of species in a genus in in a, in, a, in, a, in a in a or in a group of, of of categories of life a group of what they call genera or, or families, and so some people have said, oh, this isn't a big deal. Randy Isaac has criticized the book. Well, it happens uh, when 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 Randy Isaac uh, says that this is really not a a big deal. This is not really found widely. He's mistaken that these orphan genes or these taxonomically restricted genes, TRGs is one name that's given to them, uh, is is just doesn't, doesn't hit the, 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 he doesn't even get into the circle of truth on that. It's just a, a false claim. Numerous studies, let me repeat that. Numerous studies in organisms ranging from bacteria to insects, trees, mollusks, you know, those little things that crawl across your front porch at night, you know, and and leave a trail in the morning. Um, All of these different varieties, and this includes all kinds of fish and and amphibians and reptiles and and mammals, they show the amazing abundance of these specialized genes written for each group or even each individual species. So um, the entire process Of bringing out these problems for macroevolution and also the problems with saying that Adam and Eve evolved through some random process from apes, hominid apes, is not only critiqued in the book, uh, Theistic Evolution book, this big, they call it the White Monster because I think it's over a thousand pages long, but it's actually seen in the responses. Uh, Randy Isaac is one of just maybe a half a dozen. Uh, scholars who are theists who believe in God, but they've criticized the book. And in an article that is accessible at uh, Discovery's website called uh, evolutionnews.org, it's entitled Examining Critiques of Theistic Evolution, a year after the volume's publication. That's the actual name of this article. They go through six different critiques of the critique book, Okay, I don't know if that you make that, that makes sense to you, Nick? I think so. Actually. Okay, yeah. So they're trying to poke holes in the book, and each of those attempts falls flat. And so I think that was pretty encouraging. I just think the fact that God created such a hyperabundance of special little genetic files on the hard drive for each of those creatures— is just amazing it's almost like i love you so much i've written just for you a third of your hard drive <laughs> just for you and i can imagine the tree saying thank you very much okay uh, the, the word sure just like that <laughs> the worm echoes yeah me too thank you for for making me so special but you know that, that's the last <laughs> prediction by the way this was not predicted by any evolutionary geneticists, just the opposite the expected one or two percent difference between sister species you like that uh, absolutely. Okay, so now to you, the kalam. Something is a K A L A M. K A L A M. Okay. My,
2: my personal favorite scientific argument uh, in favor of not only not only Christianity but uh, theism in general is the kalam <laughs> cosmological argument. Okay. Now kalam is an Arabic term for medieval theology. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it was made famous in 1979 by William Lane Craig when mm-hmm. he published a book by this title, Kalam Cosmological Argument. Mm-hmm. But it's originally sourced from a, uh, a Muslim scholastic okay. uh, named Al-Ghazali. Al-Ghazali. Okay. Um, he, he was a scholar in the 11th century, mm-hmm. and he got this idea from Aristotle. It's basically an argument from deductive reasoning. Okay. Um, so deductive reasoning, an example would be, number one, all human beings are mortal. Mm -hmm. Number two, Nick is a human being. Therefore, number three, Nick is
9: mortal. Okay, it's like adding two and two to get to four.
2: Yeah. Now, a false example of Mm -hmm. deductive reasoning would be, number one, all human beings are mortal. Number two, Nick is mortal. Number three, therefore, Nick is a human being. Yeah. Because not only human beings are mortal. Yeah. So, so to come Nick, to that conclusion. Nick could be the
9: name of my dog. Nick could be the name of your dog. Exactly. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Or your giraffe. So you have to be careful with deductive logic.
2: You have to be, be you have to be careful with deductive yeah. logic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Kalam cosmological argument is an argument from deductive reasoning. It goes number 1, anything that began to exist has a cause.
9: Okay, let me really let me repeat that. Everything that began to exist has a cause. And the
2: keyword okay. is began. Okay. Anything that began to exist has a cause. Got it. Number two, the universe began to exist. Okay. Number three, therefore, the universe has a cause.
9: Okay. Let me stop you right there. So what you're saying is that because the universe began to exist, that added with, with the first statement, the first premise, produces the conclusion that the universe has a cause. Yes. Okay.
2: And the universe began to exist is now nobody questions that in right. the scientific realm anymore. Before 1927, right. mm-hmm. the view was that the universe was eternal, that it's always been here, but after uh, after 1929, when Edward Hubble disco- he discovered that the universe was expanding, expanding, right they realized for the first time that the universe had a beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, I would want to pause this for a second and say that this is a great discovery for Christians and theism in general, mm-hmm. uh, because for the first time, the burden of proof is now on the scientific community. To explain how that beginning came about,
9: so the plot thickens. For the, the plot thickens for, for them. The, for the atheist, it's a pillow for us. Yeah,
2: because the first, the first line of the whole Bible: "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth."
9: By the way, that's in the new Call of the Cosmos video. This argument is beautifully developed. Go ahead. Oh, great. Go ahead. Great. Mm. So
2: the burden of proof is now on them, and they have nothing for that. Mm. And, and what I love, Greg Cokel, he says, always ask questions, never make a statement where a question will do. I love it. So always ask the question, well, where did the Big Bang come from? We're not arguing against that, but where did the Big Bang come from? And they have nothing for that. They'll say it was from quantum fluctuation, where they'll say energy appears from one place to another with no explanation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if that were such a proven fact, we'd be concerned about a cow landing right here in our heads right now, (laughs) and we're not. And we're not. So the burden of proof is on (laughs) them. That's a
9: pretty heavy piece of uh, energy uh, (laughs) collapsed into matter, right?
2: (laughs) But much smaller than the, the universe. That's right. But so the universe began to exist, and there has to be a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Now, our argument is that the universe had to begin uh, from a creator who is Mm -hmm. God, someone Mm -hmm. outside of Mm -hmm. time, space, and matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's basically the argument. It's as simple as it sounds. There's Mm -hmm. nothing complicated to it. Um, Just put the burden of proof back on them.
9: Okay. And so this argument carries a lot of weight because even their favorite escape route, which is like the multiverse – I mean that's a very vulnerable. If I can just come in yeah. and just respond, I love the argument, and it's 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 ongoing breakthrough. It's a breakthrough even right now, because even George Ellis, the famous world-renowned astronomer at South in South Africa, trained in England, I might add. Okay, George Ellis has has been attacking. He's been critiquing and 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 shooting bullets as it were into the multiverse theory the idea that there are many other universes mm-hmm. and these universes are spawning
2: which really no makes no difference to a beginning because right one you of them still had to begin first you
9: still have to have an ultimate beginning even yeah. of the multiverse number two the generation of a new verse, a uh, universe from one universe to another, mother mother to daughter. You have to have a fine-tuned mechanism for that to happen. And the third, the dev- devastating critique, is that a multiverse has this huge, huge, embarrassing problem. There's no evidence that it exists. Yeah. That other. Oh, that's oh wait a, significant a minute. Oops. Problem. Yeah, that's an oops problem if there ever was for science. Hey, you know, we've just scratched the surface as we come and uh, kind of just uh, give our wonderful uh, thank you, God for giving us Apologetics dot org as our website, Apologetics dot org. We're going to have a new homepage revealed shortly, but uh, would you join me next week for both science and historical apologetics? I would love to. Okay, and I'd love to entertain those topics. Thanks for joining us, Nick Shalna, and thank you for listening to The Universe Next Door.
6: You've been listening to The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward, sponsored by the C.S. Lewis Society and Trinity College of Florida, and supported through the gifts of listeners just like you. To gather more resources, continue the conversation. And to support the universe next door with your.